electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod. Cleaning up Gotham City with New York Mayor Eric Adams. You have to deal with actual crime, which we are dealing with in the city. But you also have to make sure people are feeling safe. Immigration, risks to the budget, and getting to the root of crime. A large number of some of the violent acts that are uh, happening because of those small number of people with mental health issues. World's richest man in hot water again. Elon Musk's tweets about Russia and Ukraine maybe went a little too far for the White House's liking. You're going to have other governments around the world who are going to start looking at Elon Musk in a completely different way. And Musk might be trimming tweets when he takes over Twitter. Elon Musk is laying off 75. You got that number wrong. 75 percent. Those stories plus TikTok watching you and a social media plunge. A year ago, Snap was trading at 40 times sales. Now it's at four times sales, and that's before the haircut it just took overnight. It's Friday, October 21st. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand back you by in three, two, one, cue please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We're live from the NASDAQ Market Square and Time, site in Times Square. It's Friday. Hooray. I'm Becky Quick. Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin, we're all ready to go this morning. A choppy day of trading yesterday. Stocks were actually down. Dow was down by about 90 points. S&P was off by eight-tenths of a percent. The Nasdaq down by just over half a percent. However, for the week, you're still looking at a pretty decent week. The major indices are still on track for their best week since early September, each of them up by more than 2%. But it's that picture with the Treasury market, the yields continuing to climb. That's been what's been putting pressure on stocks this morning and yesterday, too. You can see the 10-year. We're talking about around the highest levels since 2008. If we're not getting to the, the point where rates are kind of tipping out, well, that's the concern for the markets. That's what we've seen with equity shares. But, of course, it's not just that, Andrew. It's also the earnings picture uh, where, where some of these stocks have run into trouble. And we should talk about it because Snap uh, is uh, perhaps the biggest example of that right now. Plunging earnings, beating estimates, but revenue coming in slightly lower than expected. Daily active users increased 19 percent year over year, but monetizing those users has remained a challenge, and maybe that's putting it politely. Average revenue per user was down 11 percent. Snap also taking a big charge related to its restructuring plan announced back in August. That included severance for 20 percent of the workers it laid off. Now, Snap didn't give guidance for the fourth quarter, but said revenue growth is likely to keep decelerating, not accelerating with today's losses. The stock now down more than 80 percent year to date. And other social media stocks falling after Snap's report, you're looking at Twitter uh, off 8%, but frankly, that's a must deal. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Meta down 4%, and then Pinterest down a little over 7%. And Joe, some people were saying that if you actually had to value Twitter today and you took the must deal off, off the table, you might even be in the single billion dollar digits. As you know, we were talking about $44 billion maybe being maybe half. Some people talked about it being 15 billion dollars now people are saying just based on what we've seen from yep. snap is well, this a growth well, yeah let's exactly. let's use snap as, as the example the, the 75 is the high 
52 we caught. On Snap, it's going to be at eight. Yep. A year ago, Snap was trading at 40 times sales. Now it's at four times sales, and that's before the haircut it just took overnight. And you rightly were talking to John Mueller at, at P&G, and I loved his answers. Like, oh, well, yeah, we're going to keep advertising. You know, we're going to you know, maybe do it a little differently, a little here, a little there, a little. And, well, is it going to be, well, you know, I, maybe, I can't really say, maybe more, maybe less. What's that ad spend look like as you, as you look out? over the next six to 12 months? And, and how do you see it breaking down now? So we view this um, as a, a difficult patch to grow through and invest in. We're stepping forward into the challenges we face, not backwards. And it's a very important time uh, to be communicating the value that our brands offer through the combination of the performance they deliver the price, the usage experience, et cetera. We anticipate ex continuing to expand reach uh, from our advertising programs. Uh, if we can do that more economically in order to deal with some of the other uh, headwinds, more intentionality on advertising, higher reach. We're gonna be more efficient as well. Yeah, more said, efficient. Which was the high sign. So what, is it just social media advertising or are we really is entering? A... I don't know. I mean, that's, that. I assume it's a broad, I am assuming the pullback in advertising is across the board. You hear it, by the way, in, just in the media business broadly. But the question is whether it takes a bigger, the biggest chunk either out of social media or at least out of the social media growth agenda. Yeah. Nope. Right, and that's the, that's the issue. If you're talking about flat revenue, if these are no longer growth companies, the up 6% of revenue, that's the smallest since the company launched in 2017. We're still publicly. open for business here. If you want to reach the highest uh, caliber consumers say loud really, and proud uh, on, sell it on the planet sell it my son i hear almost all these things from my son elon musk is laying off 75 you got that number wrong no. scott you can't 75 percent and then we were talking about it, and then actually my wife said they how many employees total they have now Apparently they, so about, what, they apparently 75, have about 7,500 7, now. What are they all doing? They want to get down. His plan gets you down to about 2,000. They were planning, that by the way. That sounds like still too many to, to do whatever. To get 800 off the list. We and don't apparently like it. all this is more right. than YouTube has already. And YouTube, of course, right. is a massive business. By the way, That's those, a lot more some of those layoffs were coming with or without Elon Musk. I mean, sure. they're pairing things. But, uh, and we don't, you know, it's a sad one, but, but to me, it's just like that is, sounds like it might be a little bloated uh, at this point, if you can get rid of 75% of the, <clears throat> who's, well, would be, it'd be 66 here. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who, who look, that, look, that look leaves. Look to your right, look to yeah. your left. <laughs> you can stay, Mac. Um, you can do it all. Uh, Twitter clarified to staff yesterday that there are no plans uh, for company-wide layoffs after the Washington Post reported earlier in the day that Elon Musk told prospective investors that in his deal to buy Twitter, he was going to get rid of nearly 75% of the company's 7,500 workers. The report said that current Twitter executives were planning a reduction of at least 25% of the workforce, no matter who owns the company. But in an email, Twitter's general counsel told the staff that the company isn't planning layoffs and that his nose started growing like Pinocchio, but no, that's according to a Reuters report. I mean, 25% is still a lot, obviously. A lot. Uh, out, of, with, out of 75, but 75%. What I don't really understand about that is to say that they're not planning any layoffs. Right. Just in this environment. That doesn't, I, that's what I mean. Every company in America right Facebook. now is looking that's around like, going, uh, maybe we need to That's like today, we're, right. we're not planning any layoffs today. 
and then you know tomorrow comes and don't you think that's what that was i don't understand well you also have to calm your staff if you if there are rumors out there that 75 percent of people well, you want to calm but you don't want to lie through no, your teeth no but you're going to lose all your best people who you're hoping to keep right but so. so you say that so people don't look for another well, job we, and we then you and then a we week later you do it i mean that doesn't help anymore no, it's, it's i, I didn't see the wording but we have the mayor on today did you see this yes Oh, are you going to ask him about this? Of course. We're going to talk about that. We'll talk about casinos in Times Square. We're That's all about, we need. We're going to really. talk about all the things going on in New York. No, no doubt. Did no the, catcher, doubt. the camera catch it? It's the New York Post. Yeah, it's the New York Post. You want, you want to show it to the audience? We, but we kind of have a casino. Don't we have, what is that three, you know, with the little shells and something that we have that out here. It, yeah, out in, uh, can lose all your money doing that. We don't need a casino. Bloomberg uh, is reporting that the Biden administration officials are considering whether some of Elon Musk's ventures should be subjected to national security reviews. It includes uh, the deal for Twitter and SpaceX's Starlink satellite network. The report says U.S. officials have grown uncomfortable over Musk's recent threat to stop supplying Starlink Internet service to Ukraine. And what they see is an increasingly Russia-friendly stance based on his recent tweets. One possibility being considered is a CFIUS uh, review of Musk's deals and operations. Probably knew this was coming. We knew that, I mean, look, we started talking about, the second this deal was announced, this, I, right. I started talking about all whether, this set about the possibility that this could be actually quite bad for SpaceX, quite bad for Tesla, uh, because you're gonna have government, uh, governments, not just the US government, but potentially the government of China and other, other governments around the world who are going to start looking at Elon Musk in a completely different way and therefore looking yeah, at those businesses. This isn't just because he ways. did the Twitter deal. This is just because he said, I, did, I gave him Starlink to start with now. No, no. And, and then he proposes, look, maybe I'd give a, some of crime, let him keep some, you know, he starts talking. And, and right, the then way. there was the uh, Ian Bremmer says he's talking to right. Putin or isn't talking to Putin. This is what so we this had is, Alex, I don't Alex think this has anything to do with it. It's a little to do with that, but, well, but... This is what we had Alex Harstrick on talking about. If but you're I a defense adds, contractor... I think you're right. adding all of these things together. Well, then you'd even worry about Tesla. No, and you should worry. I, I would argue, you would, you would think that the... And I think that the acquisition of, of Twitter actually makes it just so much more complicated. Part of it is his own speech on these platforms, but part of it will become everybody else's speech on the platform and what he does or doesn't do, and therefore what... He, you know, who he, who he has to placate at any given time, and that I think becomes very complicated very quickly, especially when part of your business is doing business with governments, and that's exactly what SpaceX is, and largely actually, right. Tesla as well. I, I think SpaceX is probably yeah. the biggest um, one to watch with this. That's what Alex Harstrick joined. Remember, he's the former combat veteran right. who has a VC fund who looks at these things and just says, look, from any. Um, defense contractor, you've got to be quiet. You can't be talking about these things for the government to be writing checks, supporting your research and development, doing right. these things. And then to have you very publicly saying statements like this brings a, a complicated picture. I think we can all agree that Elon Musk has achieved so much with SpaceX. Uh, and it is a wonderful example of public-private partnerships doing extraordinary things for the U.S. government. Uh, that being said, any company that sells in a significant way to the United States of America and specifically the Department of Defense has to acknowledge that its CEO has a responsibility to make sure that what they are talking about in any public disclosure is consistent with the values of the United States. You know, he told us this a week or two ago, um, but watching this today kind of makes you think through the implications of what that might mean. Syphilis, it's getting kind of serious there.
theory. By the way, I don't, did you also see the Ken Griffin news? I yes. did. Yeah. He's, he's got a little bit of money. Twitter. I mean, it's like a philanthropic donation for him. It's twenty million dollars. They call, it, they, call, they call that technically pocket lint. I decided to lay in, off in, that because I was going to needle you some way about it because of all the craziness that but goes on. No, it's fascinating. It's Did he give you a heads up? Did I you know? No, I didn't know. I think, but I don't think it's a, I mean. I you will, talk about it at dinner? I will guess that it was a, it's a, um, it's not an, a true investment investment. Right. It's a uh, sort of. You should say. Among friends. You Among do, friends. You do not have dinner. I, that was another joke. I, I, it was, nope. Tweaking the crazies that yes. of which there are many, as I find out every day on, that is true. on Twitter. That is true. A new Forbes report says TikTok's parent planned to use the platform to monitor the physical location of specific American citizens. That report focused on an internal audit team at TikTok that primarily conducts investigations into potential misconduct by employees. But the materials viewed by Forbes said that the audit team planned to collect data about the location of a U.S. citizen who was never employed at the company. And it said that the audit team was planning to use location information to surveil other American citizens, not for targeting ads, but for other purposes, whatever those might be. Forbes said it is not disclosing what those other purposes are to protect its sources. It said the company did not answer questions about whether the TikTok audit team has targeted any members of the U.S. government, activists, public figures, or journalists. But this is the thing that we've been hearing about since the Trump administration in terms of concerns about TikTok, who's watching, right. what the Chinese government would eventually potentially do with that information. Yep. A lot of great inf These guys really know a lot of stuff about us. I still see weird things happen where I'll be talking about something in casual conversation and there's an advertisement for a thing. They're listening all the time. I no, that's conspiracy. That. I, know that, I don't believe that. it either. It's, but it's, then there it, are these times where you think, how is it possible they triangulated that back? Wait a minute. A toe fungus remedy? <laughs> I just was mentioning Your that. toenail fungus. Yes. And there it is. How does that work, Sorkin, huh? Just knows? Fungus call. Need the crazies. There you go again. Guess what? What? I think this might have been on Jeopardy. You like brie cheese? Yeah. Yeah. You know what that stuff is on the outside of it? Mold, right? Yeah. Duh, cheese. I'm done. Mold. You didn't know that? I'm I done. Eat, I don't eat that. You eat the nasty no, stuff? Yeah. I had been. I'm not going to anymore. <laughs> I'm going to stop eating my toe. eat the inside of it. <laughs> stop eating my toe fungus, too. Yeah. Did you know? You have yogurt? It was mold. Culture? I assume there's some kind of bacteria of some sort that grows. It's because it grows. Yes, it does. Yeah. On cheese. It's something growing on cheese, and you're selecting for it. Mmm, delicious. Cheese will be next. This is horrific. After a month of traveling across the border, placing on the bus with no direction to come here to New York. New York Mayor Eric Adams has seen the arrival of thousands of asylum seekers, many bussed from border states to NYC. The Big Apple Mayor joins us next to talk about those migrants in the city, chilling crime statistics, white-collar office workers getting back in a post-pandemic commuting groove, and the finances of the largest city in America. We have a real fiscal cliff. We potentially could have a $10 billion budget deficit, and I'm not going to wait until the money runs out. Much more to come right after this. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. 
specialised across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Up and Andrew, Q. Good morning. Welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We're live at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square on this Friday morning. I'm Andrew Osorkin along with Joe Kernan and Becky Quick. New York City Mayor Eric Adams here to talk about the return to work in the city, fighting crime and even killing rats. Mayor Adams, it's great to see you this morning. Uh, we're all trying to get back to work, and we've had a number of executives in New York talking about uh, more folks getting back into the office. Still lots of work to go. But one of the issues that they continue to talk about, as you know so very well, is the issue of crime in New York. And, and I wanted to sort of start there in terms of how you're thinking about crime. Uh, there was uh, some comments that you made recently saying you think it's been overplayed. Uh, the New York Post this morning, I don't know if you saw, uh, they put you on a unicorn horse this morning. Or, or unicorn, unicorn horse, fantasy land, they said. I don't know if you, if you saw this. But I, I, I think uh, executives uh, and employees are thinking about this as a real issue. Yeah, and, and this is how we have to approach this. Uh, when you talk about, talk about public safety, I learned from my days of policing during the um, early, mid-80s, uh, early 90s, is that you have to deal with actual crime, which we are dealing with in the city. But you also have to make sure people are feeling safe because uh, you don't have to be a victim of a crime, but if you're watching someone that's dealing with mental health illness that is loud and disruptive on your subway system, you feel the anxiety. And so we know we have real crime to deal with. That is why I focused on gun violence. We, we have witnessed a substantial double-digit decrease in homicide, decrease in shootings. We have a record high of gun arrests. We've moved over uh, 5,000 guns off our streets. We are really in the subway system, a thousand new cops. We want the omnipresence. So we're going after those violent individuals. And we know we also must make New Yorkers feel safe while we deal with the actual numbers. Mr. Mayor, how are you feeling about that? I take the subway, I'd say on average, probably close to three times a day these days, uh, just because it's so efficient. But I also have moments where I see people out there and I'm thinking, oh, this is not this is not a good situation. And I sort of, you know, edge one way or the other. And that, that is so important what you're saying, because when I'm in the system and I am in the system a lot, the subway system, and I notice if someone is disorderly, someone is loud, they did not have to do something directly to me. But I'm feeling anxious because I just read about someone being shoved on the subway track. So that's an anxious feel, anxious feeling that I am having. That is why we're having a major summit this weekend with everyone around the criminal justice and mental health issues, where even those who criticize our policies will be there, those who are in support. We must approach this in a unified way to deal with those, the mental health issues that people are facing, which you're seeing a large number of some of the violent acts 
uh, that are uh, happening because of those small number of people with mental health issues. We must deal with the actual crimes. The city must be safe, but we also must make sure that people are not feeling that anxiety. Mr. Mayor, as a former policeman, I know you've, you've probably kicked this theory around again and again, the broken window theory. And uh, there, there's something to it, obviously, that, um, you know, if, if the small things get overlooked, if there's cashless bail, if people, you know, they get arrested, they're out immediately because it's, uh, there's no room uh, or, or it's, it's a minor crime. That's sort of what gives everyone the feeling that, you know, there's, there's no consequences. Do you think something needs to be done in, in terms of the, the bail reform? Uh, even uh, Leticia James is, is now conceding maybe that there should be some, some reform uh, at, at this point. Or, or prosecutors seen as, as way too lenient? Do you, I think you need to start there. I don't think you can just say, well, it's the media is covering all these things and it just seems worse than it actually is. Well, listen, you are 100 percent right when you talk about uh, the, the you use the term broken windows. I'm a big believer in quality of life. Uh, let's look at some of them. Number one, uh, the overwhelming number or the large number of paper plates, stolen plates that were on our roadways. No one looked at many of the people who had these car vehicle cars that were not authorized were committing robberies and other violent acts. We zeroed in on them. We zeroed in on the illegal dirt bikes uh, that were being used to do robberies and violent crimes. We removed uh, thousands off our streets. Uh, we're zeroing in on those who are fair beaters. Many of them were uh, not paying their fare, and they were committing robberies and other violent crimes on our subway system. We're going after uh, those quality of life crimes, going into stores, stealing things, walking out. But once we make the apprehension, because the rest are up in the city, uh, in the subway system, we have a 47% increase in arrests year over year. Officers are doing their jobs. But once we apprehend people, we must send a strong message in our criminal justice system. It won't be a catch, repeat action that's taking place right now. And we're hoping that's what the summit this weekend uh, is able to accomplish. How do we deal with this bottleneck? How do we deal with dangerous people still on our streets? Mr. Mayor, I also wanted to uh, talk about this issue about immigration uh, and the 10 cities that have gone up uh, around the city, uh, how you're going to deal with that. Uh, one of your colleagues uh, was uh, I, I caught on camera, I'm sure you saw it, uh, saying what Governor Abbott was doing has proven effective. It's flooded our city, going to make Biden look bad. I don't know that Eric Adams is capable enough to navigate it. What was your reaction to that? Well, first of all, he was a low-level staffer. He was not included of any of our planning. His role was just to go to events and determine, you know, what time I should arrive. And so it's unfortunate that he was uh, taped by an unethical uh, group. And, you know, it's not much you can say to that. But let's look at the facts. The facts is we had an unprecedented uh, influx of migrant and asylum seekers. We were prepared, we didn't panic. We put in place a multi-level plan. Number one, uh, we made sure that everyone came here, we fulfilled our legal and moral uh, responsibility uh, to ensure that we had no children sleeping on our streets, we accomplished that. We also sent out a message to uh, the White House that we need to have a real decompression strategy. They put that in place. 
We saw a decrease in the number of buses. We went from 10 buses a day to we're now down to two. We also got a message from uh, the the mayor of El Paso who stated he would no longer be sending buses here. Uh, We put in place a real strategic plan that showed our capability and our success in the process, just as we did with COVID and monkeypox and all the other crises that this city has had to uh, face. And we were successful here and we're going to continue to do so. Mr. Mayor, um, just speaking with people who have been looking at, at the budget and trying to figure out how ends are going to be met, um, look, we got $20 billion in stimulus funding and pandemic funding that came from the federal government, and that's been able to prop up a lot in New York City. Um, when that money runs out, what happens? Because there were some programs that were expanded on the basis of that money as if it was never going away, things like pre-K. What, what do you do at that point, and what kind of hole is that going to leave in the budget? I am so glad you raised that because many people believe that that, that $20 billion influx was, go, was going to remain uh, throughout uh, our days in office. Uh, that's not the reality. Uh, we have a real fiscal cliff. Uh, we potentially could have a $10 billion budget deficit. And I'm not going to wait until the money runs, runs out uh, before we have a response. We're doing just the opposite. We introduced what's called a PEG, a program to eliminate the gap. Uh, every agency in the city is looking at how to be uh, fiscally uh, responsible. We're looking at how to get a better product out of taxpayers' dollars. Uh, that is why we're making these tough decisions now so we could, be, we could be prepared in the future to protect 3K, to protect many of these programs we have. Listen, let's be clear. There was a lot of... Of, of, I would like to say, fat in our agencies, and we're trimming that fat, and we're doing without layoffs and without decreasing the services of our city. Mr. Mayor, we want to thank you for joining us. Uh, and as you know, as, uh, as a New York City resident, I'm rooting for this city. So thank, <laughs> thank you. you. Thank you. It. We'll be right back. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, No one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. And thanks for listening to Squawk Pod today and all week. It's Friday. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. No cutbacks here. If you can get rid of 75%, who's, I don't know who who that that leaves. Look to your right, look to your left. On TV, tune into our show weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. To listen to the best of Squawk Box anytime, follow Squawk Pod on your favorite podcast app. To tell us what you think, rate or review Squawk Pod right on Apple Podcasts. Or send us a tweet. Our handle is at Squawk CNBC. And yeah, we read them. Tweaking crazies that of which there are many, as I find out every day on, on Twitter. That is true. We'll meet you back here on Monday. Have a good weekend. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, 
No one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.